Hello everyone, it is Friday, January 24, 2020, and welcome to The Beat. I'm Panya In, and we are broadcasting from our temporary studios at Fordham University Lincoln Center. Happy Friday to you guys. Well, actually, you know what? It's more like a fry. Yay! You know the weekend is here, and we're all in need of some relaxation because this week has been such a busy one. And come to think of it, when is it not a busy news week? We got a lot of stuff lined up for today's show. We're still continuing our series of a healthy-ish January, and we're going to be playing a game of this or that, so that should be pretty fun. Also, we start another mini-series on here, and that's a personal portrait of the Democratic candidates. They are the people who want your vote. So, with the Iowa caucuses less than two weeks away, we have decided to highlight the candidates that are running. Stand by to hear more about this week's candidate. Also, what's been on my beat? Well, I'll tell you at the end of the show, but right now, it's time for the weekly rundown. All right, you guys, you know the drill. There's an election update every week. And you know what? New polls came out last night, and I saw them this morning showing some interesting statistics. Uh, the new polling data came out of the Emerson poll, and it shows that former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders are at a statistical tie. Biden with 30% and Sanders with 27%. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren is polling at 13 Averaging out all the polling data from this month, Joe Biden is in the lead with 28.9%, Bernie Sanders at 22.7%, Elizabeth Warren at 14.6%, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg at 7.6%, and former Mayor of South Bend, Indiana Pete Buttigieg at 7.4%. All these averages are based on realclearpolitics.com. But let's take a look into that Emerson poll that came out last night. According to the poll, Sanders is the only candidate to beat Donald Trump, 51 to 49. Biden and Warren are tied with Trump, 50-50, and Buttigieg loses to Trump. What I'm real interested, really interested right now is the age factor, and not of the candidates, but of the constituency, of that voting block right there. So it looks like uh, Sanders is the top choice for voters in the 18 to 29 voting block. Those are your Gen Z and Millennials right there. Sanders also pulls high for the 30 to 49 year old voting block, pulling 8%, uh, 8 percentage points higher than uh, Vice, former Vice President Joe Biden. Those are your Gen Xers right there. Now here's where things get a little interesting. Once you cross over to the baby boomers and the silent gens, your 50s to 65 year olds, um, and up, the former vice president is the front runner and by huge margins. And it looks to me, and I'm not a statistics guy at all, but looking at the numbers right now, this race to become the Democratic nominee is determinant by who shows up to vote, specifically which generations are coming out to vote and for whom. In other news, Tuesday marked the beginning of the impeachment trial against President Trump. One of the standout moments of the impeachment trial this week was when Chief Justice John Roberts reminded both the House impeachment managers and the president's legal team to respect the setting of the Senate. Let's take a listen. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the president's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members 
avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Um, in the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging, and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. Just this morning, New York junior, junior Senator Kirsten Gillibrand made an appearance on CNN pushing against her GOP colleagues and said, quote, when you put your head in the sand, you shouldn't be complaining that it's dark. This is in response to GOP senators voting to withhold new witnesses from being heard at the impeachment trial. In some foreign news right now, the International Court of Justice ruled against Myanmar in measures to prevent genocide of the Rohingya Muslims. According to the BBC, Myanmar has responded defiantly to the court's rulings, and with that being said, the court has no way of enforcing their rulings. According to the BBC, the, quote, Myanmar's Ministry of Foreign Affairs said its own commission, the Independent Commission of Enquiry, found that there had been no genocide in the Rakhine state. However, it did say that war crimes had occurred and were being investigated and prosecuted by Myanmar's national criminal justice system, and that the court voted unanimously in, to order Myanmar to take, quote, all measures within its powers to prevent genocide, which they said the Rohingya remained at serious risk of. These include the prevention of killing and causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, as well as preserving evidence of possible genocide that has already occurred, end quote. All right, moving on to some Fordham news. I like to call this the Ram List right here. Some of the top headlines that uh, were buzzing here at Fordham. And number one, tonight, like I, like I said at the beginning, it is January 24th, so tonight... Social House will be performing at Winterfest at Lincoln Center at Pope Auditorium. And of course, Rose Hill, you are invited. So, uh, if any of you do not know who Social House is, I believe they were the producers for Ariana Grande's song, Boyfriend, so that's sure to be a kicker. And my favorite story of, uh, of Fordham so far is that, you know, I love Jeopardy as much as the next guy, right? And... Alex, I love you. We all love you here at the beat. We wish you well. Our hearts go out to you. And Gene, we know it is not easy um, going through the ordeal that you're going through. So we love you, Alex. And the university sends their heart to you as well. And on January 7th, Alex and Gene were awarded the Fordham Founders Award. And Father McShane was also at the award ceremony as well. And he has called... Um, Trebek, a teacher to us all, saying, quote, as the host of Jeopardy, he is our school teacher, and we look forward to going to school, forward to going to school every evening. He teaches us about how to live each day with purpose, with focus, with determination, with love, and without being obsessed with oneself, end quote. Alex, we love you. We wish you a speedy recovery, and we hope you are doing so well. And you know what, guys? After the break, it's our personal portrait of a candidate. This is a candidate who wants your vote and a surprise candidate as well. All coming up here on The Beat. All right. This mini, mini um, commercial that we have right now is, again, to update you guys that I do have a YouTube channel coming out soon. Make sure to follow at The Beat. The Beat. At the Beat Podcast on Spotify. Ugh, words. At the Beat Podcast on, not Spotify, on Instagram. 
This is not in my script, and I am just being tongue-tied right now. But please follow at the Beat Podcast on Spotify to stay up to date on all of that. The very first episode of my YouTube channel is just me hopping around New York City, eating the foods that I love. We start in um, in some Shanghainese food, going over to bubble tea, and ending over here with sushi. So it's a little East Asian. Um, tour, if you will, an East Asian tour in New York City with the MetroCard as your passport around there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, like all the YouTubers say, make sure you like the video, give it a thumbs up, make sure to hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell. And I do emphasize that because I don't upload or I will not upload on a regular basis. I value quality over quantity. And with that being said, you know, let's go to our personal portraits right now with 10 days to go before the Iowa caucuses. We want to give you the personal portraits of the candidates who want your vote. This week, we chose billionaire philanthropist Tom Steyer. And you might have caught him on Twitter with his dad dance moves or budding bromance with Senator Bernie Sanders. But ever since the election of Donald Trump, Steyer has been a fixture of Facebook ads calling for his impeachment. Casting himself as a progressive outsider, Steyer's platform calls for term limits in Congress, decriminalizing border crossings, and expanding the Supreme Court, a very hot issue um, on the left. His top priority, however, is climate change, and he has embraced a wealth tax on the super-rich and does not classify himself as a moderate. In an interview on, porn, on foreign policy with CBS News in July, he said, quote, what we really should be doing is addressing these things with our traditional allies in a multilateral way. We cannot draw a wall around the United States, end quote. We'll see how well Mr. Steyer fares as the marathon continues. All right, switching gears right now, it's still a healthy-ish January. And before we get into our small game of this and that, it's really a small game. It's only one question that I'm really asking. But before we head into our small game of this or that, I want to update you guys on something. You know, last week I talked about cauliflower tacos, an amazing recipe from Andy Baragani at Bon Appetit. Make sure you get that recipe because it's absolutely delicious. And I said that we were going to be talking about um, Chris Morocco, again from Bon Appetit, his kale pesto pasta. Um... Kale was not available at the grocery store, so I could not do that. But I still had leftover cauliflower. And for some reason, I guess it's because the Super Bowl is just a while away, I wanted buffalo wings. So I was like, why don't I just make some cauliflower buffalo wings? And you guys, I kid you not, it is the most delicious thing ever. My mouth is watering right now because I'm really hungry and I kind of want some cauliflower buffalo wings. But you really just take your cauliflower, cut them up into the florets, right? And then you have a batter of flour, garlic powder, salt, pepper, all the other seasonings that you want in there. Um, add some water in. And you want the batter to not be of a pancake consistent, pancake batter consistency, but more of a, of a crepe batter consistency, right? You dip your cauliflower in there. You pop it into the oven. It comes out nice and crispy. Don't go into it thinking that it's like a great replacement for buffalo wings. It's a vegetable. They retain moisture. So it's not going to be super crispy, crunchy like your fried buffalo wings, but they are absolutely delicious. You put some hot sauce over that, and it is so good. And I served it with um, a Greek yogurt ranch dipping sauce 
and it's just Greek yogurt, the tiniest bit of buttermilk for that um, for that acidic quality, not acidic quality, but for that tangy quality, um, and some Italian seasoning, and boom, you got yourself some Greek yogurt ranch dressing. Um, you can find all of these uh, recipes. I just took from multiple recipes online and just fused them into one. But uh, you can find these recipes anywhere online for Greek yogurt ranch or for buffalo cauliflower. Um, they're absolutely amazing. Absolutely delicious. If you haven't tried it, you guys should try it. Again, it's part of our initiative of having healthy swaps and substitutes for things that aren't typically healthy, but things that you crave. And I think that's something that we all have a problem with. We crave something, um, but we can't have it because it is a guilty pleasure. So bits of substitutions and swaps here and there can be pretty good. And little changes, little changes can make a big difference if you keep going at it, right? Um, another one is a swap. I, and I guess this is um, a part of like this or that. But swapping out um, the meat of a hamburger for a portobello mushroom. Um, again, don't go in thinking that it's going to be a great beef substitute because it's not. It's a vegetable. But again, little changes can make a big difference if you keep on going at it. And mushrooms are a great substitute. Um, if you're into that Beyond Meat stuff, it's a meat substitute. Um, I go for the portobello mushroom. I love mushrooms, but to each his own right there. But you know what, you guys? Let's play a very quick game of this or that. You can pause the video, play with friends. Um, and we're going to start out with everyone's favorite thing or every adult's favorite thing. Drinks. All right. A glass of white wine or a bottle of beer, which has less calories. You can pause. You can pause. All right. Here we go. So Wine. Wine has less calorie than beers. 125 calories to 153 calories. A standard bottle of beer, 12 ounces, and a standard glass of wine. How many ounces is that? I don't know. Um, I don't drink. Um, but just a quick heads up, just because you drink the booze doesn't mean that you're going to lose any weight. You always have to be careful when it comes um, to intaking alcohol because they do pack a lot of calories for such a small amount. So everything in moderation is a good thing. Now those pina coladas and those margaritas, you're talking up to probably 500 calories there. And so it's a lot for, for a small drink. So always keep that in mind. They always don't, they barely even label the calories for a margarita or for any of those specialty drinks. So always keep a, keep an eye out on that when you do decide to go out um, and always be conscious. And like I said, moderation is always a good thing. It is Something that we always have to keep in mind. And looking at the time right now, you guys, we're almost out of time. But let me share with you what's been on my beat. <laughs> Whoa, I did not know that we had a sound for that. All right, here we go. So what's been on my beat right now? I don't know if you guys saw this, but this was on my Twitter feed the other day. And let me just tell you guys um, a dad joke right now. It's not really a joke, but I, it's my sense of humor. So an electronic engineer, an archaeologist, Egyptologist, museum curator, clinical scientist, and archaeological scientist walk into a room. What do they do? Well, they try and recreate the voice of a 3,000-year-old mummy. You guys, this is so amazing and so creepy. Take a listen. Mm. 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 
Okay, but doesn't that sound like super high pitched? Like I did not expect a mummy to sound like that. Like, have you ever seen the mummy movies with Brendan Fraser? Right, the mummy has such a deep baritone voice. Like that sound is the sound of my voice. That is my pitch right there. I did not expect a mummy to sound bah, bah, bah. I really sounded like bah, bah, bah. like a real baritone. Um, mummy, but you know what? I don't believe in making the dead come alive. Um, when I pass this right here, this is a documentation of my voice. But you know, I just found that super, super cool. Um, the inner archaeologist in me um, found that like really interesting. That that's how people sounded back in the day, and there's like no way of actually knowing besides besides this. <laughs> right here so you can google the story um it's just a three thousand year old mummy has a voice um you can find it on google um i'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it we're running low on time right now but it's such an interesting story it's such an interesting sound and it's just like the wonders of technology that we have also on my beat is uh, a bit of new music it is New Music Friday, of course. So I recommend you guys listening to Dancing With Your Ghost by Sasha Sloan. You know, it's a very melancholy song, but it's she has a very nice voice. So um, Dancing With Your Ghost, Sasha Sloan. Give it a listen. Tell us what, tell us what you think. Um, I quite enjoy the song. And I don't know about you guys, but every month I have a playlist of the songs that I've listened to. And I... Or songs that I've uh, learned through Shazam. And I just add those songs on my Spotify. And I get to see where I was at during the month. So it's a great documentation for me as well. And Dancing With Your Ghost is on that January 2020 playlist. With that being said, you guys, we are out of time right now. Thank you so much for tuning into The Beat. Make sure to share with everyone you know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Beat Podcast at T-H-E-B-E-A-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You guys know how to spell. I don't know why I did that. And make sure to follow me on Instagram as well. I might as well spell this. My name is pretty hard. Um, follow me on Instagram at P-A-N-H-A-R-I-D-T-H to stay up to date with what I'm doing. And yes, thank you guys um, for tuning in. It means, again, it's our third episode, and I just can't say it enough. It means so much to me that you guys actually invest some time into listening to this. It's an amazing thing. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Panya In, and make sure that you always stay on the beat.